Good morning. Let me greet you all in the wonderful name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Um, <clears throat> I want to take you to Genesis chapter 4. And I want us to look at <clears throat> the first prayer in the Bible. The first prayer in the Bible. Let me take this time to, to welcome uh, Mr. Vakai. Uh, uh, Philip's uh, father. Um, I was saying to my wife as I looked back when uh, Obey was uh, introducing him that they look very alike. Uh, so um, welcome. Um, feel at home um, as we, we worship the Lord and hearing his word. Genesis chapter 4. We're looking at the title of uh, the first prayer in the Bible. Genesis chapter 4, and the point of focus is verse 26. So let me read um, Genesis chapter 4, verse 26, and then we'll continue with the word of God. This is God's word. Let us hear him. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. And this is God's word. Let us pray. Our dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this morning bringing us together in fellowship around singing songs of worship and honor to your name and around the hearing of your word. We pray that your word will speak to our lives, O oh God, that our lives will be transformed as a result of your spirit applying your word in our hearts. May you work in us as we hear it. In Jesus' blessed name we pray. Amen. Now, when we talk about the first prayer in the Bible, the, the question that we must ask, first of all, is what is prayer? What is prayer? And answering that question that we, um, for, from the passage that we just read, prayer is a declaration of dependence. We are declaring our dependence on God. It is, it is looking away from self to God who is sufficient. It is an acknowledgement of weakness from our part and seeing God as the, 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 the strong and mighty God. Leonard Ravenhill in his book, Why Revival Tarries, says this about prayer. He says, prayer is the language of the poor. Over and over again, the, the king of Israel, David, says in, 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 in Psalm 86 verse 1, he says, Incline, thy, incline your ear, O Lord, and answer me, for I am afflicted and needy. And again, in one of the greatest psalms he wrote, David says, in Psalm 34, verse 6, this is what he says. He says, the poor man cried, and the Lord heard him. And again, prayer, at its best, is a sweet communion with our glorious and mighty God. It is initiated by God's grace through his Holy Spirit, drawing us to himself. The, the, the point of reference today um, for us is, is Genesis chapter 4, verse 
26, where the word of God says, as written by, by Moses, it says, To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. See, when you're looking at this passage, to understand it clearly, you need to understand the backdrop or the background. So the, 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 the backdrop of the events that are taking place here starts in chapter 3. We see men and women um, who are Adam and Eve being deceived in chapter 3 into thinking that going against the commandment of God will make them more like God. And in yielding to this temptation in chapter 3 that Satan brought their way, they reaped the terrible consequences of going against the will of God. Shame came into the picture. Because of sin, man is unable to face God anymore. That the perfect communion that they had with God was broken. Instead of meeting God with joy in their hearts, they started to hide themselves from God. When you look at chapter 3, verse 8, it says, after they sinned and, and, and God comes into the garden, it says they, 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 they heard the sound of the Lord God walking into the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord um, among the trees of the, of the garden. Again, in verse 16, what we see, we start to see broken families now as a result of sin. Because of sin, tension in the family um, in terms of leadership began to build up. The wife will rebel against her husband's leadership and, and will want to rule over him. And, and on the other hand, the husband will, will abuse his leadership role. He will lead in a dictatorship kind of leadership instead of a godly pattern of leadership. And this is what we see even in our age, right? A corruption of gender roles according to God's perfect plan. You, you find that um, the, 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 the family is broken. Instead of um, the, 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 the wife submitting as the Bible calls her to submit, she doesn't submit to her husband. She wants to rule her husband. She, she, she wants to take the leadership. And on the other hand, instead of the husband leading in, 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 a, in a servant-like leadership, loving his wife as Christ loves the church, we see him suppressing her brokenness in the family as a result of sin. Verse 17 again shows us the cursing of the ground. That God adjusted the way the earth originally functions. In Romans chapter 8 verse 20 um, Paul says he subjected it to futility. He subjected the earth to futility. In other words the, the work that the man was given that is to, to toil and to cultivate the garden is now done in in, in, in in, in, in toil and, 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 and less enjoyment. He, he doesn't enjoy his work anymore. He, he was given work to enjoy in the garden, but as a result of sin, there is no enjoyment in that work anymore because he is toiling, he is, he is he's, he's, he's doing it in less enjoyment. And this was so that when man tills, uh, when, when he tills the earth, he will rely upon God for, for relief from the curse. And God put that curse on the earth so that when he will rely upon God for, for provision in sustenance of his life. And again, as we continue with this passage, um, we see in chapter 4, verse 8, we see sibling rivalry. 
sibling rivalry. We see a brother rising up against a brother out of jealousy and murdering him in cold blood. As we continue in chapter 4, verse 19, we see the corruption of marriage now as ordained by God. Instead of, of becoming one flesh, the, the man called Lamech said, said, I will take two wives. One is, is, is such a blessing that I want two blessings. In verse 23 and verse 24, we see, we see shameless acts. The, the very same man, Lamech, made us a young man. And instead of repenting of his sin in sackcloth and ashes, he makes a song boasting about it, boasting about his murderous acts. So we come to, in that context, we come to Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. And in this passage, we see two truths about ourselves that we need to come to terms with so that our hearts will look to God alone. Two truths about ourselves that we need to come to terms with so that our hearts will look to God alone. First of all, we must recognize our brokenness. We must recognize our brokenness. Look at verse 26. It says in verse 26a, To Seth also a son was born, and he called his name Enosh. You see, recognizing that there is something inherently wrong with the human race, something wrong with society that we are living in, we must, we must start to recognize that. The... the, 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 the we, we see that Seth is, has, has, has given birth to a son. And the name of his son, he calls him Enosh. That word Enosh in the Hebrew, it means the one who is weak. A man who is weak, who is frail, who is, who is inadequate. That's, that, that, that's what um, they come to notice about themselves. They come to recognize their brokenness. And so he names his son uh, uh, in a way that, that interprets what is happening in their time. So as, as people, we need to come to realize that. We need to, to come to see that there is something inherently wrong with us. There is something that is weak about us. And we, we, even when you observe life today, you see that families are, are broken and they are in need of mending. You see divorces are at an all-time high today. The youth is lost and, and are bound in sin as they pursue all manner of life that is against the word of God. You look at the state of our societies, that, 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 that they, the way the state of the society is going, that the way we look at it, they must make us weep. They must make us weep. We must look at it and, 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 and weep. It must drive us to our knees. We, we cannot sit around and, and watch the world head to hell without doing anything about it. Remember Jesus when he saw Jerusalem in a state of rebellion. He, he watched over it. He looked at it and he wept over it. So when we see news headlines saying, saying things like this, man in court for raping four-month-old baby, or son steps mother to death. When we, when we hear such things, what, what do we do? How do we respond when we, when we watch the news and, and we, we, we hear about such things around us as the church, as Christians? Do we show 
pity or do we show shallow pity? That kind of pity where you just look at things that are not going well, you're like, ah, shem toch. And that's all that you, you do. Or, or, or do you weep to the Lord about it, saying, be merciful, Lord, upon my generation. Lord, show mercy to, 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 to my community. Show mercy to our country. Show mercy to our world when we see all that is happening around us. You see, there's a great need for the church to stand in the gap for this generation. It is the, 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 to, to pray for the salvation of all men, that, that men will come to know God in our times. We, we must be reminded and remember ourselves that the presence of a Christian in the world is not merely just to exist, right? We, we, we are not called merely to exist in the world, but we are called to be a light that points to the real light of the world, Jesus Christ. To, to be a witness of Jesus Christ in the world, to seek the salvation of your neighbors, to seek the salvation of people around you. That, that, that is why Paul calls the church in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 2. This is what he says. He says, first of all, I urge that entities and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. And Paul proceeds to give us a, a motivation of calling, us to, uh, of calling the church to pray, why the church should pray, why the church should be motivated to pray. And in the same chapter of 1 first, of, of first Timothy chapter 2, in verse 3 and 4, this is what he says. He says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He says the church must pray for the salvation of all men. People around us, all kinds of people, we must pray for them. We must pray for our leadership in the country. We must pray for our governing authorities. We must bring them before the Lord. And I'm afraid that many of us have forsaken that responsibility to pray on behalf of all men. We, we occupy ourselves a lot of times with insignificant things, with things that have no bearing to eternity. We spend time throwing our, away our, our time on things that will not benefit us in any way in terms of our spiritual life. Leonard Ravenhill once again says, he says that the person who is not praying is playing. The people who are not praying are straying. We, may, we, we have many organizers. He talks about the church. He says we have many organizers but few agonizers. Many players and payers, but few prayers. Many singers, few clingers. Lots of pastors, few wrestlers. Many fears, few tears. Many, much fashion, little passion. Many interferers, few intercessors. Many writers, but few fighters. And failing here, we fail everywhere. Failing in the area of prayer, we fail everywhere in life. It is until we see our own brokenness 
that we are enosh, we are we are we are frail, we are we 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 are weak, we are inadequate in ourselves. It is until we see that that we will look to the Lord. It is until we see our depravity, until we see that we are weak, we are frail. It is only when we truly come to such a reality that we will make prayer a priority in our lives. A person who is not praying, a person who does not make uh, a, 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 a prayer a priority, who does not depend on God in prayer, is because they see themselves as adequate. They, 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 they see themselves as having no need of God. They, they don't see the, 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 the importance of God, of, 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 of calling God in their lives, of seeking the direction of God in their lives. They see themselves as, as adequate. But that is just self-deception. That is being deceived into thinking that you are able to handle life by yourself. So first of all, we need to recognize our brokenness. We need to recognize that we are enosh, we are weak. And we do not only recognize our brokenness, but secondly, we must recognize our hope in God. Look at that passage again, Genesis chapter 4, verse 26. To Seth a son was born and he called his name Enosh, our brokenness. And the second part, at at that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. At that time, people began to call upon the name of the Lord. When they realize that they are weak, that they are frail, that there is nothing that they can do by themselves, they began to call upon the name of the Lord. The, the word call upon in the Hebrew signifies a worshipful call. They, they, they call upon the supreme God who is their only hope. They, they see God as their only hope. You see, our hope is not in our abilities. It is not in other men. It is not in other things. Just like Psalm 20, verse 7, um, it puts it very clearly. It says, some trust in, in, in chariots and some in horses, but we trust in the name of the Lord. We trust in the name of the Lord. We do not trust in anything else. Our trust is in God alone. Uh, these, these people saw this truth in a generation that was advancing technologically, in a generation that was advancing culturally. They, 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 there were industrial developments in this time. We, we usually look at the time of, of the Bible as a time that is archaic and a time where there was no development. We, we like, but they were, not, they were not like us. But we see that technology was also advancing, although not in the same way that it is advancing in the 21st century. Let me show you a couple of things as we look at um, this passage. There was infrastructure. Look at, look at verse uh, 17 of chapter, chapter 4. It says, Cain knew his wife and she conceived and bore Enoch. When he built a city, he called the name of the city after the name of his son Enoch. There was building of cities. There was infrastructure. You can see that there was development in this time. And not only that, but there was also agriculture that was booming in this time. You look at verse 19. It says, no, verse verse 20. It says, Adam bore Jabal. He was the father of those who dwell in tents and have livestock. 
they were herding livestock. There was agriculture in this time. And not only that, there was also music. They enjoyed listening to music. Verse 21, his, his brother's name was Jabal. He was the father of those who played the lyre and the pipe. There was advancement in these things. They, 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 were, they were advancing. Again, you can see industrialization in verse 22. It says, Zillah also bought to Baal Cain. He was the forger of all instruments of bronze and iron. The sister of Tubal Cain was Nama. There was industrialization that was happening. Even though it's not happening in the same way that it is happening in our, in our time, there was development. It was not like these people were, were cave-minded like cave minded men and, 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 and women. They were developing and, 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 and continued to develop. But even in this time, they realized that in, amidst the technology that is happening, they still need God. They still need God. They saw that amidst all these things, nothing satisfies. Nothing brings peace to the heart. They saw how empty possessions were of the ability to bring fulfillment. A lot of times we think that in our times, I, think, I, see, I see a lot of people, they think they have done away with God because of the advancement of technology, because of how things are going in life. They, we, we, we think that the, 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 the world has been set up in such a way that God is insignificant, that we don't need God anymore. But we need to come to that realization that God is our only hope, that he is our only hope, that we can only find joy and satisfaction in him alone, that he alone can bring peace to the heart. When these people saw their need, they saw that there was no rest in anything but God himself. The words of Augustine ring very true of us today. It says, he says this, he says, you have made us for yourself. We are restless until we find our rest in you. Talking to God. We are restless until we find a rest in him. God has made a, a, a way for us to approach him. We must realize that, that we do not, um, we, we are not on our own. God has made a way for us. He has disclosed himself to a generation that deserves nothing but judgment. Through Christ, he has made a way for us to approach him. Christ is both our mediator and our intercessor before God. We can approach God as our only hope. I love what Thomas Watson says. He says, when the arrow of a saint's prayer is put into the bow of Christ's intercession, it pierces the very heavens. Again, he says, Christ mingles his sweet order with prayers of the saints. Though they, they ascend from the believer weak and worthless, they proceed from Christ, mighty and powerful. Although our prayers are weak, Christ himself is our intercessor. And Christ himself is the one who brings our prayers to God, mighty and powerful. He draws us to himself with his spirit. He draws us to plead before God for our families, for our friends, for our neighbors, for our communities. 
He, he calls us to, to, to pray for our generation, to, 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 to bring them before God in prayer. God gives us a hunger for him. You see, a man may study the Bible because his brain is hungry for knowledge. Even Bible knowledge. But he prays because his soul is hungry for God. That's the only time we pray. And a lot of times we say, I don't know how to pray. Even the disciples, it was true of them. They did not know how to pray. And they asked the Lord to teach them to pray. We learn to pray by praying. There's no other way. In the same way as we learn to swim by getting into the pool, we learn to pray by praying. Pray until you can pray. Pray to be helped to pray. And do not give up praying because you cannot pray. For it is when you think you cannot pray, and that is when you are praying before the Lord, approaching the Lord and saying, Lord, I cannot pray. I do not know what to say. Help me. That is praying. The Lord calls us to, to see our brokenness, and not only to see our brokenness, but to see our hope in him. Amen. Our dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. We pray that as we heard your word, Father, we will be called to realize our need of you each and every day, that we cannot by ourselves carry on in life without you. We pray, Father, that you work in our lives, you work in our hearts, you give us um, eyes that are opened to see that we are weak, we are frail, we are inadequate, that we need you as our hope. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen.